All right, folks, welcome back to Colin Shots for the last Colin Shots of 2020, 2022 still, right? Yes, it is. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm joined today by, uh, the athletics, uh, Kelsey Russo. And, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers who she covers, but first I would, uh, be remiss if I did not give her a couple minutes to, uh, sing the praises of her, uh, UGA Bulldogs who are playing in the national semifinal tomorrow. Uh, and you are in Atlanta to, uh, to, are you not, are you covering the game or just, uh, attending the game? No, I am just attending. I am going as a fan. Um, so I am very, very excited. Um, I haven't been to a George game in, since I graduated three years ago. So I'm very excited to go cheer them on and actually get to cheer this time. So <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great game. I have lots of um, OSU fans in my life. So as my younger brother is a senior there and my parents are very split on who to cheer for. So it's going to be uh, an interesting game tomorrow, to say the least, for my for my family. So, <laughs> but I'm very excited. I can't wait. So it, it would be a temptation to violate the no cheering in the press box rule. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I have to try very hard. <laughs> Do you have any uh, strong takes heading into the game or just uh, kind of hoping for the best? Um, I, I honestly really, I really think George is going to win. I really believe in our defense. Um, and I think they're going to, they're going to give CJ Stroud, a shot along a shot because um obviously he can throw the ball but I think that's going to be something that they're going to look to take away so um I'm really banking on our defense and for Stetson Bennett to to lead us to another national championship so I think they're going to pull it out I have a lot of faith in them um and yeah so I'm 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 picking a a dog's win tomorrow so <laughs> These the the perhaps the most southern quarterback name of my lifetime. I know, That's... and I love it. <laughs> uh, this this the, uh, my uh, it's a longstanding theory of mine that that uh, and I'm really I, I think I'm stealing this from Bill Simmons to be honest is that the quarter quarterback is the one position in sports where like having the right name makes up like thirty percent of your effectiveness. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. I definitely agree. I mean, and just like Stetson Bennett, like that. Just that's that rolls off the tongue as a quarterback name and it's perfect. Is <laughs> this a Keanu Reeves so character? Cool. <laughs> yes, that, exactly. That's the test. Is this a Keanu Reeves character? If so, yes. it's a quarterback <laughs> name. Okay. So <laughs> for, well, good, good luck there. Um, I, I think that I think probably neutrals would probably not at all mind to see Georgia, Michigan in the, in the, the championship game. Yeah. So, um, but that would be the, I think that would be the clash of Titans. So yes. uh, good luck there. But um, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, of Titans, there's no, good segue here um <laughs> let's get back to your day job which is the the, the Cavs. yes um we talked i think right after the donovan mitchell trade um and it seemed like you and sort of the general mood was kind of cautiously optimistic about how well it would work right away mm -hmm. fair to say that it has exceeded all expectations so far 100 percent. yeah i think you know donovan had found a way to seamlessly fit into this franchise and with this starting lineup that I don't know if really anybody saw coming and honestly even they've talked about you know like when Donovan first got here he talked about how there was going to be a little bit of you know time to grow figuring out how to how they played off of, how he and Darius played off of one another and just they, you know nobody really was sure was how it was going to fit together and we've seen that it just work um, and I think early on and they talked about in training camp you know how they were 
trying to be maybe even just a little too unselfish to help one another. And so they kind of had to work through some of that of just playing with one another, playing off one another. Um, and even when, you know, Darius went out with that eye injury in the first game of the season and Donovan kind of had to take over at point guard, he was a, he was able to just orchestrate the offense and um, just so smoothly and, you know, use his, his experience, obviously, from Utah, but getting to know the guys. And I think his just his genuine interest and desire to fit into what the Cavs have built, especially on the defensive end, has allowed him to find that fit because he's really put in a lot of effort to um, like to be strong on the defensive end, to guard guys, to just be, you know, be pesty and and um and not let that slip because the Cavs have built their identity on the defensive end. And so I think that has also really allowed him to just seamlessly fit. But yeah, I think it really has exceeded expectations, um, especially up to this point and, and just how, how well he's fit in with this group. So you mentioned the defense and just like questions about that. I mean, I think especially with him sort of playing a, 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 a defensively at least as the two like I, I don't think he's 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 never going to be a a uh, probably never even an average defender as like mm-hmm. a, a two guard but um especially given his his kind of offensive role um and how how large it is but um it does seem you know especially in kind of more marquee games like the level of engagement and effort has been higher than it might have been even in, in certain like playoff situations in Utah, Frank, mm-hmm. um, is that been, you know, have, have people, ha, has that been commented upon by, by people there? Yes, definitely. And like, he's even talked about how, like, because, you know, with Darius in the backcourt and, and honestly, either like, you know, Karis or other guys in that group, there's, there's other offensive threats on the floor. So it takes a little bit of offensive pressure off of, Donovan, which allows him to, you know, put in that, you know, extra effort and not be so tired on the defensive end um, and just just kind of be really present. And he's talked about it. You know, there's been moments where, like, we've seen him um, just like fight for, you know, 50 50 ball um, cause like a, a, a jump ball. And and, he you know, he doesn't let go of it. I think of this couple weeks ago, there was, you know, a moment with the Pacers where he and Matherin were hand, like holding on to the ball and it basically was like a really big, like a spark moment for the Cavs um, in that game. And so um, JB has praised him for his dedication to the def- defensive end, you know, and, and um, you know, it hasn't been something where you, where you watch a game and you're like, okay, yeah, Donovan is really, you know, explosive on the offensive end. He's, you know, making all these shots, scoring all these points, but he's not present on the defensive end. Like he is putting in that effort. And I think that's just been a really key element to his success with this team so far. I mean, he's someone who, who it, it, he's not the first, but he was certainly a player who coming into the league was noted, um, maybe not as much, but noted as someone who had like tools to be a, a high level defender. And, and mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, and again, not the first player who suddenly becomes a, a, a offense first player when, when given that role and showing the ability to do it. But um, certainly his, his length and strength have, have shown up at times. I like you were mentioning that game against the Pacers. I remember a game against the Celtics probably, probably was a month ago now where he made, you know, against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown made like four, basically, you know, 
game-preserving, game-winning defensive plays in the last couple yes. of minutes, just standing up big to drives, getting his hands on balls, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that game. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it is of, like, you know, like, he's he knows how to use his skill set um, on defensive end to, to, to be able to do so. And, like, um, just being physical, I think, really is, like, one of the just the key aspects, you know, and, and um, he's done that and, and kind of just put just an emphasis on being as physical as he can on that end of the floor. And, like, I think, like, you know, that, that interest and that desire to do that as well plays a big role because, like, when you put in the effort because you want to, that's, like, gonna, that's going to play out on the floor, I think. Um, so I'll, I'll come clean and say that, that, you know, in the, the, you know, if one had to pick a side in the, uh, the Utah sort of a family feud between Mitchell and, and Gobert, uh, I was probably team Rudy on that one. And so far this year, that has not worked out well for me. Um, <laughs> but what, what, like, uh, in sort of one part of that was sort of the defensive stuff. The other part was, uh, the Cavs have played a ton of close games this year. And so I'm kind of mm-hmm. wondering if there was, uh, especially in, in the playoffs, there was a certain aspect of if I don't do it, nobody is going to. So I have to do it all myself. Um, Cavs have played among the most clutch games in the league. I think they're 12 and 10 at this point, And, you know, one of a couple teams that have played 20 plus, you know, basically 60% of their games are, are, are close or, 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 or more. Um, how has that, you know, looked at the end of the game? Have we seen, uh, well, I'll put it this way. I've seen a couple games where there's been flashes of kind of Donovan Mitchell hero ball, but has that, mm-hmm. it hasn't been as necessarily as overwhelming as, as it was sort of in his last couple of years in Utah. Uh, how would you, you know, evaluate, like, you know, evaluate the degree to which the ball has kind of kept moving, um, down the last four or five minutes of games? Yeah, I it's been an interesting kind of element because there's been a couple of games where um, I can't remember them off the top of my head at the moment, but like games where the Cavs have really struggled, where Donovan basically just like carried the team at the end, where it was a little bit more hero ball, but his willingness, his his will to want to win actually like helped the Cavs win that game. You know, like they were down and either went into overtime and then. Um, they ended up pulling out the win or, or something like that. Like he's, he's been able to do that numerous times throughout um, the season when they have struggled, because I think that's still because the rest of this team is still really young and not that Donovan isn't young, but like they're on the younger side, they're still learning about and how to close these close games and how to play in clutch minutes. Um, And Donovan has tons of experience in that and how to do so in playoffs as well. And so he, he's been able to just like will these calves to a win sometimes. Um, but the ball, I think it's, it's kind of been, there's been games where I think the ball has moved really well in those final minutes and other games where maybe it has been more Donovan, but it has allowed them to win. So it, it doesn't necessarily seem like hero ball in a sense, if that, if that makes sense, like it doesn't necessarily come across that way. Um, if the ball goes in, it's fine, basically. Working. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because like, yeah. if shots aren't falling for other guys or just like nothing is working offensively, but like he's, you know, his hand is hot, they'll ride that and they, um, you know, they'll, they'll just let him go. And so it's kind of been an interesting element that I've been paying attention to, but it hasn't necessarily seemed like 
where he's doing it because of like a I would say like a selfish reason. It's because like they're they are like your your hands hot, nothing else is working, so go and score and help us win this game kind of thing. So I was, I think a lot of people were, you know, there was a lot of these, these kind of higher level player moves and, you know, from the odd fits of Gobert and Towns in Minnesota or uh, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young in, in uh, Atlanta, I think that uh, we were among, and I think this is, this was basically the majority, the overwhelming majority opinion is that offensively uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell seemed like they should fit well, Um, Mm -hmm. hasn't played out that way. I think it has. Um, and and I think it's been interesting because what I've seen from like, you know, fans on, on, on Twitter or comments on my stories, like people um, curious about um, Darius's presence in the offense, but they've been able to really find a way, I think, to just blend together. And if, you know, if Darius's hand is hot, Donovan will feed him the, like feed him the ball, help orchestrate the offense and allow Darius to shoot. If it's the other way around, um, you know, Darius does the same for Donovan, but it's not a my turn, your turn kind of thing. They just kind of allow the flow of the game and, and who, whose shots are falling to dictate that. But Darius has been able to really facilitate the offense, be that point guard role and and allow Donovan to be that scorer. But I think Darius is still averaging um, like 20 or 21 points a game. So he's still getting his shots in there and finding a way to have a presence in the offense. I think people, because like now Donovan is in the mix, and like last year, a lot of the offensive, um, like Darius had to put the offense on his back um, and, and score a lot of points. Now, because it's kind of between the two of them, it doesn't seem as present, but he still is able to find his shots and really um, active offensively. I think he's also averaging like 10 assists a game. So he's, he's finding guys for open shots, which is really important. Um, and it's helping the ball movement. So I think they fit really well together. And I think it's been, that's kind of one of the things early on, kind of like I said earlier, of like working through kind of being a little too unselfish of trying to help one another. And now they've found a groove of just feeding off of one another, finding each other for shots and just allowing it to sort of flow as the game's going. And I, I think that, I mean, the, they do, the fact that they both are capable and, and I think willing off ball players. I think, yes. uh, Mitchell has a little more experience kind of as a spot off, off, off movement shooting guy, but I think that like they both can do that. That, that certainly helps. Um, so I think that, that this is a little bit Garland, um, given that, that, that Mitchell is the sort of the brightest star in the room, but also a little bit, um, Evan Mobley has been, I kind of feel like we haven't just haven't heard much about him this year from a, on a, on a national, like how has his development gone? I've sort of in my, the, the it's, you don't want to say that he's, his offensive growth has been blocked by Mitchell, but in some ways he probably hasn't gotten, you know, the, the range of opportunities with the ball in his hands that he might have otherwise. But, um, how what have you noticed about about both on both ends of the floor how Evan Mobley is progressing in his second season? Yeah, no, and I I would agree with what you said, Seth. I think it's it's interesting because, um, you know, like JB has talked about how how good Evan is with the ball in his hands and how they just have to find him those opportunities offensively, where it gets difficult. Obviously, is because you have 
Darius, you have Donovan, you have Evan in that starting lineup, Jarrett as well. Like there's, there's a lot of threats. And so it's just like finding those opportunities, but you know, I thought it was interesting of early, early on this season, like um, in pre in preseason in training camp, JB talked about how like Evan is the guy that will take them to where they want to go. And, and, and he can take, he can take them there. And that's so interesting to me is given that they have Donovan Mitchell on this team, they have Darius girl and they have Jared Allen, but they, they just hold Evan in such a high regard. Um, and so his growth to me, it has like gone, it, he has been growing because his three point shots, his three point shooting has gone up. Um, he's has the confidence to take them in really big moments. So like he's taken them in, in fourth quarters, he's taken them in you know just in key moments where they really needed a three and he's been able to knock them down so there's a confidence there which I think is really important for him because I don't necessarily think that confidence in his three ball was there last year um and he's just so effective uh defensively and I think that's continued from last year whether it's deflecting shots it's blocking shots he you know contests tons of threes um, he's, you know, helps protect the paint. He helps Jared with protecting the rim and he's just so active defensively. Um, but I think what I've, I've always thought was interesting and JB talked about this recently of Evan. And I know it sounds cliche, so it's like, it's hard, but I, but I do see this is that Evan just has this mentality to do whatever is necessary to help them win. So whether that is contesting shots, whether that's just being really active defensively, um, whether that's, you know, hitting the three, but like he doesn't have to um, like always be the highest score or always be hunting those shots. You know, he's just kind of willing to do what is necessary. So I, I it has been interesting because his, you know, he hasn't been um, talked about as much because I think of Donovan's presence, but, you know, he is continuously just kind of like on this progression upwards, I think. And just his, his, his confidence, like I said, you know, he's not hesitating. Like he's, he's just finding a comfort level that I think is building off of his impact last year and just kind of a comfortability level in what the Cavs offensively and defensively do there's in their system. And that's just kind of allowed him to find his, his spot and grow comfortably. And um, so I think it's there. I think the growth is there. I think there's a lot more growth offensively. I think there's opportunities for the Cavs to, to run actions for him or to find just different opportunities for him. Um, but I think, you know, he is finding ways to still impact the game, even if it isn't necessarily flashy or um, like always the biggest moment, if that makes sense. Sure. No, I, I mean, the, the que- I think I, I sort of understand what the, you know, my interpretation of what, uh, what, what, uh, you know, Coach Bickerstaff is talking about is is I think for this kind of core of the Cavs to be like a real championship contender, Evan Mobley probably has to be their best player, even though mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell will be their biggest star. Um, and but it's it's sort of what version of that like best player is is does he grow into? Um, mm-hmm. And this is this is you know this I think I think because we've as we've kind of figured out like the player types that quote unquote work it's it's always hardest to get the handle on sort of the non-traditional best player like you like you know bam out of bio as the best player on a yeah. team like and that's and and is that i mean is that the mold that that maybe that they're 
that they're 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 thinking of or like what is what is the actualized version of Evan Mobley look like to the to the Cavs you know in 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 their internal thinking yeah and i think cuz especially because you know like they've had him watch film on you know guys like like Giannis and just di- just so many different guys that they they sort of use as models but they also like want him to be himself at the same time so it's just kind of an interesting thing to see like how they or wh- how they view him and and where they want him to go and and yeah like i think there's just there's still just a lot of room for growth and allowing him to come into his own but i also know like they do really believe like for his three-point shot will like um if he can add that consistently to his game you know, like that's just going to take his game to a completely new level um, and just kind of allow him to be, you know, just like a three level score and just continue that versatility. Um, so I think it's just kind of an interesting element that we're seeing the work that he has put in start to pay off. And I think now there's the consistency of that will will have to grow. I almost don't care what he shoots from three. There was uh yeah. when 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 Mike Budenholzer got to the Bucks, there was, you know, there was a sort of a mantra that came in because there were a number of like really good shooters on the team who just weren't Chris Middleton in particular just weren't really taking a lot of them and and it was, you know, uh uh it, it was basically like all through like training camp and stuff. It was uh uh you know, let that MF or fly the sort of mm-hmm. the, the, the my, my kids are in the room, so I'm not going to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, and, and, and it's like, uh, he's averaging like 1.73 attempt per hundred. And like, I've, you know, I've watched games where even a guy who's not a great three point shooter, you get the ball in the spot. It's just like, it's kind of got to go up and just right. like, I don't care if you miss your next 20, the 21st one has to go up in that spot. Like, it seems like that's, that will be a sign of growth because, you know, that shot going up means he thinks he'll make it. And right. that's almost the first step to, to being able to. And is that, I mean, is that something they're encouraging or are they just not really, you know, messing with it and seeing how it, how it goes? No, they're definitely, they're definitely encouraging, encouraging it. You know, they, they, they tell him to take it when it's there. Um, you know, like I, JB said a couple weeks ago that, you know, they, they, they believe in Evan shot, like he can shoot it from wherever. And, so it's just like it's a confidence thing, I think, personally for for him to just to to know that like, okay, I'm gonna take the shot. If it go, if it goes in, great. You know, if it doesn't, the next one will. You know, and um, the guys, you know, I, I going back to Donovan for a second, but like Donovan tells him all the time to take to take those shots, and so there's a belief there in his three point shot, and and um, he puts in work. You know, before practice, after practice, like he's consistently working on that shot, and. Um, JB's talked about like there's there's just a lot of belief in in him and um, encouragement to take those shots and continually take those shots no matter if they go in or they don't go in so yeah that's that's the belief so the the other kind of part of the reason why this this Cavs team is so in, intriguing is they have a solid core of really a core of four I mean stars or borderline stars. And I think that, that, you know, we've talked about, you know, two guys who made the all-star team last year and Donovan Mitchell and, oh, I'm sorry. No, we sorry. The guy who was, who was presu- uh, close to rookie of the year uh, last year mm-hmm. in Evan Mobley and, and, you know, someone who's viewed as one of the top prospects in the game, but um, guy who made the all-star team last year, but as I talked about Evan Mobley going unnoticed, 
a player who I've been, you know, a fan of for, for a while, who I think has just been really, really solid on both ends of the floor is Jared Allen. Um, yes. Is he just, is, is there, has there been growth in his game or is he just kind of chugging along doing Jared Allen things and, and fortunately occasionally getting posterized? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that um, one last night was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was that I, 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 uh, I might've yelped. Uh, when I was was watching that live. Yes. Um, But no, but it's, it's, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, if you're going to be a a rim protector, sometimes they get you and Mm -hmm. it's not like he's going to stop trying. Right. Exactly. No, I, I, I think there has been growth in his game because I feel like even more so a couple, and I don't know if it's maybe I noticed it more this year. I don't remember the stats I looked recently, but he's taking some more like, mid-range shots you know like when when he's um when he gets the ball in the like kind of closer to the free throw line or, or a little bit above like he's he has a confidence to take those he doesn't always have to um post up or go straight to the rim you know like he and, and dunk like he's he has a confidence in a little bit more of a, his range um but but I think a lot of it is he knows his game and he knows what he's good at and that he he knows he can thrive there so and they want him to thrive there so like you know, they're and kind of going back to their, their defense for a second, but like, but everything they talk about is like um, Jarrett and Evan are, you know, like their, their defense is built around those two and, and, and protecting the paint and protecting the rim and Jarrett's presence in the paint on the offensive end. Um, like it just, it allows other guys to, to be open for, for shots and, and things of because teams try to take away the paint. And so it opens up opportunities on the perimeter um, but it's because Jarrett's there. And so I think he's um, he's really just like thriving in this role that he knows where his game is at um, and just succeeding in that. But but I do feel like I have seen more um, or a couple even three point shot attempts like he has taken a couple in the corner, which I think have been hilarious to see take because he works on them in practice. Like after, you know, like when we when they let us in um, and we get to see a little bit of practice you know, when he's, when he's doing his shooting afterwards, he does take threes and those corner threes. So, um, which I always just think is fun to see him, him take those, but yeah, I think he's sort of, he's just sort of thriving in that role that he is in. I think my, it's like my mental image of what you're talking about is there's just times where like the ball bounces around and he sort of picks it up kind of at the dotted line with his right shoulder to the basket and just kind of like shrugs and tosses up a lefty hook. Yep. Yep. And, mm-hmm. yep. and, and they've gone in. So they've gone in some of the time. So it's, it's not like it's, it's not like a wild, you know, chuck the ball at the basket and hope kind of thing. Um, it seems like a, an underrated or, or a, a, a kind of a key part for any kind of young collection of talent to work is the personalities to work. And, and he in particular seems like a very low maintenance. Like he's, he it does not, it, this is not does not seem like a situation where okay I'm asking you to protect the rim and rebound and set screens and roll hard, and he's not going to be like well I need my post touches, or or something like right. that. I mean he seems like a very I don't know if agreeable is the right word, but just you know low key low maintenance, you know piece to have on to to have in that sort of third or fourth best player spot. Yes, yes, I, I, that's how I, he's he's. He's super. He's super intelligent, but he's super laid back, easygoing, and like he just he he's yeah very agreeable. I think, like you said, um, he has got such a great personality, and I think um, a couple 
couple months ago or a month ago or so at this point, I wrote like a piece just like who was Jared Allen off the floor, you know, because he has just always been so intriguing to me. And like, he's. This was a very wa- important pre-draft question, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, I like, mean, I, like if I can, if I can break in, it's, it's sort of oh, yeah. like his, his sort of, it's something that I think is, is a, almost a perfect example of like the, the, the danger of using kind of, you know, personal interests and stuff like that as like an indicator of anything, because he's a guy who's like, does he love basketball because he likes to build computers and, right. you know, at, there's, you know, and that probably plays into, you know, the, 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 the tall athletic guy who played basketball cause he had to, and then does these other things. So does he really care about basketball? But at the same time, like those are the same things that make him a pretty great teammate. So you know, we kind of, as, as evaluators, you kind of, you, you get caught up in one narrative of what this kind of trait means and don't kind of see all facets of it. So anyway, right. sorry. I exactly. Just, no, I, you're fine. Yeah, no, exactly. Cause I feel like, like, you know, there's, there's guys in the league that are, that are, that are basketball and basketball, you know, and, and then there's other guys that have other interests and like, it's just sort of just kind of like regular people, you know, like everybody has different interests in where they're at, but He's just, it's so funny to me because, you know, like I talked to him about like he has a bunch of plants in his house and like he likes to cook and he likes to bake and, you know, he, he, he loves basketball, obviously. And like he, but that's his job and that's kind of where his mindset's at, but he likes to just learn and explore and, and try different things and to like, like it's, it sparked a lot of conversations with um, the coaching staff and like, you know, the, the, the big coaches that he works with. And um, I think that's what really allows this team to work because they're so good about just allowing guys to be who they are. And so, you know, like Antonio Lang talks to him about Nessa and they, they talk about books that he reads and um, just different things that just allows um, Jared to be comfortable and, and, and be who he is. And that translates to on the court because there is just a, like a um, an openness to be who he is and really with any of them like they they have tons of conversations about you know non-basketball things and I think sometimes like when we talk about these guys like we sort of forget that aspect of it um, of there's just a lot more to them than just basketball and and I think that you know when when they t- when they talk about just life that allows them to really succeed on the court and I think we're really seeing that with this group because they are, you know, they can be themselves. And then that translates to the court because they're comfortable. They, they know their coaches well. They're, they, they feel like they can be themselves. And, and so then they can go out and be their, their best selves on the court too. So, but he's personality. He's hilarious. He's very witty, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's, again, very subtle, which is funny. Um, when you like, I'll go back and look at transcriptions and I'll be like, Oh my God, like he'll, he'll have a one liner in there that you didn't pick up in the moment. But after the fact, you're like, that was hilarious. So he's a good dude. <laughs> um, yeah, Charlie, sorry, Charlie in, in the comments is, is uh, don't, don't bring Dan Dockich into, into the comments here, Charlie. We don't, <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need those vibes. And speaking of vibes, uh, um, we kind of have had, it's, it's a running joke in kind of the pre-show for, for Nerd She Wrote uh, that, 
you know, uh, I do with our, our colleagues, Dave Dufour and, and Moda Kiel, uh, where we do like, we start every episode off with, uh, with, uh, like our three favorite things. And at this point there's now like a ban on even bringing up the, the vibes in Cleveland because we've, yes. we've, we've talked about it so, so much over the last couple of years, how, yes. how good the vibes are. And that was, you know, last year when they, and, you know, we, we attributed a lot of that to, you know, to Ricky Rubio's, you know, an all-time vibes guy, but just in general, it seems like it seems like uh, what, what you're saying is that that Jared Allen is also a uh, a good vibes guy, and and Kevin Love, it, it seems like he's turned into one as, yes. as well at the, at the stage in his career. Yes, um, they are. Darius Garland calls the 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 vibes are immaculate in Cleveland, as Darius has said multiple times um, throughout when the season started um, on there and at different points that the vibes are immaculate, which is hilarious and <laughs> that's that's how they are <laughs> so we've talked a lot of the good stuff now and now i want to talk about the small forward position mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> um and i think that's a, i mean i think that's a that's a segue to to sort of i mean the overwhelming feeling at least i have is that it's a like as good as they've been it's a year early for them to be to be like you know they're they're dangerous in the playoffs, but I kind of don't like don't expect them to be able to beat like two of you know Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, yes. as they would have to do to make the finals. I don't I because of you know combination of inexperience and that sort of hole at the three. So you know they've they've tried a number of different options there. Where are they Where are they at now with with that spot? Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting that like in. Um... You know, so like, yeah, so Karis Levert like won that position out of camp because of one, the work that he had put in over the summer, and um, they just liked his, the potential there. But over the course of the first couple, you know, first couple of weeks, it wasn't as successful, I think, as they had hoped because, because you know, now you had three pretty ball dominant guys, um, in Darius Donovan and Karis on the floor together. And it was, um, it just, it just wasn't necessarily working. And so it was a mutual decision. Like Karis went to JB and they talked about him coming off the bench, just allowing him to play more at the two so he can, um, get his, like, so he can, he can score and just kind of feel comfortable. And then really a lot of it too is just about then if, then he can be on the court towards the end of the game and he's already in that, that offensive rhythm and can take those shots. Um, They've been playing, um, so Lamar Stevens has started a good number of those, which I think has been an interesting combination because, you know, why maybe Lamar isn't necessarily a a huge offensive threat. His defensive presence is really important, and I think with their backcourt is just a good element to have in there. And Lamar can hit those corner threes he's shown, or he can cut to the basket, um, for a layup or, or a dunk or something or get out in transition. So I think there's, there's opportunity for him, but, but yeah, I think they, they need some more shooting in a sense at that spot, just like in, in, um, just kind of a, a presence there. So I think they're still kind of figuring that out, but Lamar has been a really good option at that point. Um, or at, sorry, at that spot, Dean Wade, when he was healthy, Looked really good there as well, um, but he's obviously been out with a shoulder injury. And so 
I don't know if when he comes back, if that changes, if he's kind of more back in that conversation, I think that could potentially be the case. Um, but like, but yeah, it's kind of between like Lamar, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade uh, are kind of like in that mix. And I don't think a, I, any of them are a perfect fit, but there's elements to their games that fit that they are kind of rolling with, allowing um, or rolling with to play in that starting lineup. Um, and like I said, offensively, um, when Dean's in there, Dean can space the floor really well. He can shoot those threes. So he has kind of that a little bit more of an offensive presence. Um, but I think it's still kind of a, the question mark. And like you said, um, Seth, like it's kind of the, the question mark for them to reach the next level, like to get to like farther in the playoffs and maybe, you know, finals, et cetera. So it's kind of like an, I, I see it as a next year um, potential for them as well. I, uh, I, I'm being reminded in the comments that uh, that my analytics card will get pulled if I don't sing the praises of Dean Wade. And, you know, the, 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 I mean, you, you mentioned the floor spacing, but honestly, he's like from a certain like, you know, individual defensive metrics are hard, but like he's on balance. He might he's probably their best defender at that spot. Yes. And I mean, in in almost similar ways that being, you know, big and smart. Uh, allowed Larry Markinen to sort of thrive in that spot last year. Um, now, I, like obviously Dean Wade is not the offensive player uh, Markinen either was for the Cavs that last year or has developed into um, mm-hmm. in Utah. But uh, on the defensive end, he's probably <laughs> sorry, Preston in comments. Best D Wade ever play in Cleveland. That's funny. <laughs> um, uh, not wrong, um, but uh, but still, even like like. You know, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens are kind of like nice story, good, you know, good eighth guy, good, good, you know, first or second wing off the bench type for a for a top level team. It's a it's a it's a hole if you're if they're starting. Um, yes. So I guess that's my my question is this like how much of a rush are they in? Or are they just kind of let the season play out and then all right, we we made our big upgrade this season to get Mitchell. Um, we'll have some more tools in the chest to to you know find that that wing spot to to improve our wing depth to maybe get a little more a little more shooting uh from the forward spots um you know or options for shooting obviously you 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 you're not going to get a shooter to replace Evan Mobley but just an option to you know have a shooting four or something like that um is that where are they in the, in in terms of of you know hey we got a window this year versus we're not in a rush yeah, I, I I think it's interesting because um, I think part of it plays into they're so close to the luxury tax. They're like two point five million away, so there's like not a ton of options, um, like good options, I guess. Where where Can I stop you there though? Yeah, are I mean, I think that's a that is a like the, given how good they've been that that feels like a a different conversation. Like I sort of a 45 win team saying, mm, now nah, we're going to treat the tax as a hard cap makes sense. Right. Once you get up into, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're one of the, we're, we're a top five team in the league right now. Um, I, 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 I you know, I'm not wanting to speak for ownership, but that's a, that is a, a different spot in terms of, you know, to be at that level and compete at that level. Like there's very little, 
uh, history of teams not being luxury tax teams and being able to compete at that level. So if you're ready to compete at that level. So I'm, I'm wondering, I guess yeah. that's part of the question is like, you know, that decision, well, we're going to pay the tax next year because we think it's a year early or is the tax just a no? I, yeah, and I think it's a question, and and I'm not sure if I totally know because I what I thought I was thinking, just thinking about this. What I thought was interesting is um, right after they traded, or after they traded for Mitchell, um, and they did the introductory press conference, and then one also during media day, Kobe Altman talked about how they weren't they were they were they wanted this to 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 build and play out, and they weren't like in a rush where it was like finals or bust this year. That wasn't their mindset. That wasn't their mentality. Granted, obviously, that was before they played a basketball game. So that was, who knows if that, that might have, that, I don't think that has changed in that mindset. They want these guys to grow together um, and just see where that goes. So I think that plays a role in it is sort of that mindset of they, they want to, they want to take steps forward, but they're not trying to run they need to go to the finals this year because they have Donovan kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I so I, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how this plays out because um, obviously starting the, the tax clock is, is an element and interesting, but like you said, all these teams that are contenders are, tax teams so it's just like they have to make a call if that's something they want to do but I think they're trying to just let these guys for right now grow um, together and build together and then you know maybe you make that move because in in the in the offseason or or next year or or something like that so I don't know it's kind of been something I've been paying attention to but I don't know if there's a complete like a clear answer I guess uh, I mean, it's a, it's probably a decent spot to be where, I mean, they don't, they, they uh, can be open to improvements, but not feel like they need them. Yeah. At the right. Moment. Exactly. And I guess, so I guess, I mean, and it's, it's sort of an unknown because of course, you know, they, they're going to, they're like, someone would say, well, we're always going to looking to improve the team, but, uh, but like what the the kind of improvement would have to look like for, you know, organizationally them to decide, yep, nope, it's go time. Right. Um, right. And, and that I think, I, and I don't think it's unfair at all for that to, you know, look different this year than it does next year um, in part. And I want to, I, I kind of want to figure finish up. It's, it's way too early to start talking about this, but the Cavs have been good enough that it's time to start talking about this. Um, a lot of those decisions probably rest on like, what this looks like in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Jared played a little bit of playoff basketball. Um, ha- haven't really seen it from, from Darius Garland or, or Evan Mobley. And, and it's, there is sort of a crucible element to how does what you do translate? What do you need to add? Can you add it? Um, what are you at that level at that? When we're like a, you know, we're playing every night against a locked in top eight team in the league. What does that mm-hmm. look like? Um, so, you know, going into it, what do you think they look like? <laughs> like, what what is your sort of, um, I, I, you know, get out the uh, the the, uh, the what is the um, you know the the spyglass? I can't even the crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you know what like you know what do you think is most likely how how it looks like when when that when that point gets here? Yeah, I so I, this I've been thinking about this a lot because it's it's. 
because so many of their like like Darius and Evan don't have playoff experience and like they're but they're a really big piece of that but Donovan does have this playoff experience and so it's like uh and and you know JB has talked about how experience is such an important element to this that like you don't know what you don't know until like you you don't know what you don't know and like until you experience it you're not going to know how to handle it no matter how much guys tell you or they talk to you about it like you just have to go through it so I feel like you know I thought it was interesting when I was thinking about this is I they're they're basically this this their series this year against they lost the first two games but then when the Bucks their last game against the Bucks they 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 won and it was kind of just this interesting progression of how they figured it out over the last those first two games of how to how to play against the Bucks, how to play their brand of basketball against them. Um, I think the Boston series as well, you know, like um, to, to win that other game in overtime. Um, I think I thought was just was like super interesting. Again, just growth of how, okay, you just saw this team. How do you handle that? Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I think they have a shot. The, the the first uh, the first series is going to be interesting to me I think if they because obviously there's tons of nuances to to a playoff series versus just you know kind of playing 82 games um, like you said like everyone you're locked they there's just things change um, and I I think they're really going to rely on the playoff experience of Donovan of guys like Kevin Love, of guys even like like Jarrett, um, who has a little bit, Karis who has a little bit, like I think they're really gonna have to turn to their veteran presence in a sense to lead these young guys. Um I think Darius and Evan have shown moments throughout the season um where that if they string those like strong performances together, they really could thrive in the playoffs. Um, but they just have to learn the nuances of it. So I don't know. I, 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 I've also, it's interesting because I've never covered a playoff series. So this is also very new for me <laughs> of like, how does it element? So I'm, I'm very curious to see how it kind of plays out and, and the adjustments that are made and, and how they handle it. So it's a learning curve for all of us, I guess. <laughs> sure. No, this it's it's I mean, I like I mean, the thing you said about not knowing what you don't know. I mean, I think this is I and I've talked about this a lot is, um, you know, the 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 I, I've kind of, you know, before I experienced it, I always thought that the, you know, oh, veteran experience. Well, I always thought that was kind of kind of BS. Right. And then, you know, we like in, in Milwaukee, the, the our first year uh, we we progressed you know, we played Toronto, a team that had been like conference finals, second round conference finals for the last, you know, four or five, six years. And it was our first time like progressing in the playoffs. And there was absolutely a difference in terms of, okay, we know what this is that they had than we had. And that was a, you know, that was, you know, we, that was a series we, we went up to, to nothing. And then they ran off four straight wins and there were some bounces here and there, but it was also, it was a lot that they're just like, Okay, we're we're gonna keep trying stuff till we find something that works, and then we're gonna you know mash that button hard. Mm-hmm. And 
we hadn't yet developed kind of the the range of tools, the Swiss army knife for dealing with all those different options. And I think that's, you know, on a team level, um, uh, the, the, uh, there, there's, there's that, but I think specifically on an individual player level, again, it's, it's become cliche at this point, but like, you know, the Bob Myers, Draymond Green, 16 game player thing, like, okay, yes. that's your favorite thing to do. You can't do that anymore. Cause we've got it scouted. Now there are some players who are just good enough that, okay, well, good luck trying. Um, I don't think, I don't think either Garland or Mobley has like that one thing, that one neat trick that even like right. a locked in playoff defense can't deal with. So, all right, what's your second best thing? What's your third best thing? And, and kind of going through those options and, and really developing them. So I think that's, that's sort of what the, you know, how far along that curve are you is a lot, what gets revealed in, in, in like a playoff series against a good team. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last thing to is, is are they, it seems to me that getting at least the third seed is pretty important for them just because of, I think there are five, you know, credible playoff teams in the East. And, you know, obviously the four five means you like, do you really want to be playing, you know, Philly or, or, or Brooklyn in the first, right. Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee in the first round? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is that, is that, you know, do you think that that's something that internally they, uh, they, they have kind of their eyes on, or is it just sort of, all right, let's get there. And then whoever we play, we play. I think it's, I, I, I would say at the moment it's probably maybe a little early for, but, but I think it's a lot of it is we have to get to the playoffs and that's sort of, they have, you know, they have playoff aspirations. So they're like, let's get to the playoffs. A lot of them believe they're in that at least top four range, you know? And so if that's three or four, I think that's, that's a very, they, they, they believe that they are at, um, and where they want to be. So I, I would say yes. Um, but I, I think they're also kind of, there's this understanding of, um, obviously the other teams that are in that conversation. So it might sort of, they could fall to, you know, like four or five, but, but, um, yeah, I think that that three spot is the sweet spot, but knowing that like they're, they're in that conversation and, and like four wouldn't necessarily be like the end of the world, I guess, (laughs) especially after, just you know, to be taking me. Oh, sorry, for them to be taking steps forward, that would be really good. Sure, and especially after last year, where I mean, at this time last year, it's like, oh yeah, they're going to meet the playoffs, and then they kind of got crushed by injuries yeah. the second <laughs> half of the year. And so maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I do think they are because of the addition of kind of more top end talent. I think they are a little bit more resilient to that than they they might have been, as well as having banked a bunch of wins. Um. So I think that uh, that that uh, the uh, anything else you think we should hit on with this this Cavs team, or should I let you get in get your game face on for uh, <laughs> for for the dogs? Hmm. I think we hit on everything that I was thinking about. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, it, it, you know, enjoy uh, enjoy fandom. It's it's as I'm sure you're aware, it's something that. Uh, that is actually hard to come by once you get into this line of work. So right. <laughs> uh, enjoy that and, and good, good luck to, to UGA tomorrow. And uh, thanks a lot for taking the time and hopefully talk to you uh, later as we uh, later in the season, as we really get towards the playoffs and can really start to think about these matchup things. Yes. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on Seth. I really appreciate it. This was so fun. 
Uh, thanks again to Kelsey Russo. And thanks, folks, for listening uh, kind of all year on, on Colin. We're going to keep doing this coming t- into the new year. Um, I appreciate the the, uh, the 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 listens and the questions and the comments. It's been it's been a good time. I've enjoyed doing this. Hopefully, I've gotten better at doing this. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you all in the new year. So take care and stay safe out there.